Welcome to episode 38 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing working out in the early morning, whether to aim for a neutral or hollow spine during core training, and dealing with sciatic pain. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's going on, Achievers? It's episode 38. Happy Marathon Monday to everyone in Boston. Happy Patriots Day for anyone else who doesn't know what Marathon Monday is. No, only Boston has Patriots Day, too. Oh. <laughs> well, not a happy holiday to anyone else outside of Boston. I don't think, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think it's like a national holiday. Is it not? Okay. No, it's just like a Boston, New England holiday because it's Marathon Monday, so they had to make a reason to give people gotcha. off work and school. For those of you who don't... Um, have uh, any idea what Marathon Monday is like in Boston? It is just a huge holiday, essentially, yeah. where everyone comes out. It's like it's probably the most positive Boston ever is. It's probably once yeah. a year, and everyone is just cheering for every single runner, no matter if they're elite or if they are the last person finishing the marathon. Everyone's just so psyched and pumped about it, and it's pretty cool. It's so fun. Like People will put their names on their shirts, so everybody just yells the names that they see. Like That's what I do, because everybody loves to hear their name, Like yeah. to feel like people are really cheering for them. So I try to find the people who wrote their names on their shirts so that you can actually like feel like you're rooting for them. <laughs> in person and yeah it's cool yeah we usually watch this i mean today it's just freezing cold raining like downpouring right now so we're not there but we're usually somewhere close to the finish line whether it's uh, by kenmore station or by like right where the finish line is and um it's cool to have the crowd just like uh, right when people's willpower is like breaking down when they're running but just to have the crowd like go wild and they start to pick things back up it's it's pretty cool um to see just like so much like inspiring activity yeah it's it's awesome and uh, an american woman won oh yeah so that's pretty cool yeah. uh doesn't happen often i don't know when the last time an american woman won the marathon so the boston marathon so yeah, it's very cool yeah. i think i was just looking at times and due to the weather conditions it's like people's times it has the elite runners like personal bests and i think this woman's was like you know 215 or something i forget the actual times so maybe like 208 i think was her personal best and she ran this one in like 238 <laughs> like it's the conditions are just so bad that even the winners are running their like slowest marathons yeah, ever i feel like i feel like it's either scalding hot or really cold and windy that's april in boston yeah so. now now it's cold windy and rainy oh, so that's yeah. that's a this i do not envy the, the runners <laughs> no i'm impressed with all the runners who still went out there even i'm impressed with the spectators who still yeah. went out there we can even bring our <laughs> so anyway, let's get going with the show today. So we're going to start with a question. It's a little bit long, but I'm going to read the whole thing. So this is from C. John Cantu. He said, I want to ask your guys' opinion on training in the AM. I typically do full body and high intensity interval training, so my workouts are always pretty intense. Since getting into it about three years ago, I've always trained right after work. I work out at home. Unfortunately, our schedules have gotten more hectic and Training as soon as I get home has started to become a point of contention for my wife and I. <laughs> Not to mention we have talked about starting a family in the near future, and I know that working out for an hour at 4.30 p.m. isn't totally realistic. Oops. In an effort to ensure I don't miss any days, I recently decided to start trying to work out before work. However, I work at 7 a.m., so I wake up at 4 a.m. to eat, stretch, warm up, and begin working out at 5 a.m., so I'm not late. Am I crazy? (laughs) I ask because I worry that I will not be pushing as hard as I could or that I'll simply not enjoy the workouts as much as I could if I totally commit to waking up at 4 a.m. every day. Any advice is appreciated. Thank you. 
Um, definitely not crazy. I mean, yeah. you're just adapting to what your lifestyle is right now. And it's just smart to plan ahead and have the foresight to understand that you're going to be having a family and that your life isn't going to be perfectly scheduled. And so, yeah, you're going to have to work around it. Um, there are plenty of people that wake up that early. Like, I'm not one of those people, but <laughs> they make it work because it's just kind of the only time that they do have available, right? Yeah. I mean, I think actually what, something we find even with our members is that the morning crew, and we, we open at six, so it's a little bit later. So, yeah. um, but the morning crew have a lot of consistency because. Totally you have two options in the morning, either stay in bed or get up and go to the gym. Yeah. Whereas at night, like if you're at work, you have options, you might get pulled into a meeting or your friends might say, let's go out to dinner or happy hour or like all these different things can come up. Um, besides just like the option to stay in bed, yeah. <laughs> the option to not go. So it, the morning tends to be a really easy time to be consistent um, or an easier time to be consistent. I shouldn't say it's easy. Um, and and I, yeah, go ahead. I think, I think there's a quote by Bruce Lee that says something along the lines of consistency beats intensity every time. Mm. And so whatever time that you can make it in the most consistent amount of times possible um, is going to be a lot better than making an inconsistent schedule and going really hard at that time. So, um, yeah, I think you're doing a really good job in terms of setting yourself up uh, for success for the long run. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, One thing I would say, though, is to make sure that you are going to bed earlier if you're waking up earlier because sleep is a very important factor of your overall health. Um, If you're still going to bed at 10 p.m., waking up at 4 a.m. isn't really a good idea. Like Mm -hmm. You just need to hopefully be able to go to sleep a little bit earlier. Um, It sounds like if you can get out of work around 4.30, then maybe that you can kind of start to dial things down at night um, and have some some quieter time at night and get ready for bed. Yeah, and Um, to even like set yourself up for success even more, have your program or regimen just be a little bit on the slightly easier side and slightly less weight intensive side just to get you in the habit of actually either going to the gym or working out at home, whatever you're trying to do, um, and get you in the habit of doing that um, just, just so it's just an easier transition because, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine hitting anywhere close to the weights I could hit if I'm waking up at four and trying to uh, work out at five, I would probably dial things back quite a bit until my body got used to waking up at that hour and then start to ramp things up after that. Right. And you will adapt. Your body will definitely adapt to it. So, but I totally agree with that too. It's like start, meet yourself where you're at for now while you change your, your routine because it's hard. Change is always hard. It's hard on your body. It's hard psychologically. So give yourself, cut yourself some slack while you're making that change and then you know that you'll be able to ramp it back up. Yeah, totally. Cool. Awesome. Question number two. This one is, uh, from, this was a conversation that you were having. Yeah. From, uh, this is from Tanya training ground. And so we got into a bit of conversation after, um, uh, we posted a post on how to address, um, lower back sagging during a pushup. And we put a drill called a supine march. Um, as a way to strengthen that pattern. And so for a supine march, basically you're going to be on your back and your goal is to push your lower back and your ribcage down towards the floor without changing anything else and then lowering one leg down at a time, whether bent or straight. So it's kind of like a half dead buggy type of motion. And Tanya asked, awesome post as usual. Uh, To modify this even more, I have clients lift their shoulders, tuck their chin to their chest, and extend their arms in front of their chest. Is that okay? 
And I said, that's perfectly okay. That's more of a hollow hold position, though. So basically, she's saying that the same, that the lower half remains exactly the same as a marching drill, but she has them reach their hands forward more, right? And right. lift their and lift heads their head. yeah. um, in order to so get... Creating some rounding in the upper back as well. Yeah. And so there are two types of ways to go about this. There's a neutral way and a hollow body position way. And for how we break this down at Achieve is we like to start off people with more of a neutral positioning before going on into hollow body. Um, neutral for us um, has more of a stability demand. And then for hollow holds, we view that more as like a traditional ab strengthening demand, yes. right? And a lot of stability components to it. But we like to start off neutral um, before going on into a hollow body position. Yeah, and a lot of the reason for that is because most of the time when you're walking around in life, you're neutral, you're not hollow, right? right? So, and we, what we want to do, what we want to accomplish with that early core training is we want to establish better alignment and better posture and in just everyday life and in movements in the gym. So by starting teaching people how to maintain a neutral posture, not rounding and hunching over, that actually will translate really well to being able to stand up tall at the end of a deadlift or mm -hmm. to be able to run or jog a little bit taller. So we're trying to make it more um, applicable to everyday life, whereas hollow body positions have a great application for more advanced exercises down the road. So learning hollow body positions help you to maintain tension throughout your, your whole body a little bit better yeah. when you're doing something like a pull-up or um, a hanging leg raise or something where that's a little more advanced. Yep, yep. Like leg raises, dragon flags, um, yeah. handstand progressions, yeah. Uh, yeah. like gymnasty, body weighty type stuff um, that requires being really locked in um, to, uh, to get the full benefit. And then the conversation uh, proceeded to go into, um, so going more neutral over hollow, I find some people can't even engage the core efficiently without hollowing out the core. If the head is down on the ground, they're already in a position of anterior pelvic tilt. Chin down, I find, is a cheat I, I use to begin core, core engagement. Okay, so basically... This happens to a lot of people when they're on their backs and they're trying to perform some sort of marching drill with their legs, um, their necks and their heads and their even their face will start to try to contribute in order to compensate for a less efficient core. So if your core isn't working as optimally as it could, other parts of your body start to kick into gear. And that's why you see a lot of people doing marching and dead bugging exercises and then you see their necks really tense up or their face starts to contort and really just like a lot of exertion is 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 happening in the upper part of their um, body which really shouldn't be happening ideally um, ideally what should be happening is the core is doing most of the work and the rest of the body kind of remains um quiet it just kind of like takes a back seat because the core is doing its job right and so if this is happening what we traditionally like to do is start them off on their backs, hands by their sides, and instead of legs totally straight out, which could contribute to more of an anterior pelvic tilt situation, we have them tuck their legs back in so that their heels are close to their butt and their knees are up. And that gets them to be in less of a position of anterior pelvic tilt. And then from there, what we try to do is use their breath to drive their lower back and their rib cage down into a less extended position. And so what we'll do from here is have them get their hands on the rib cage 
And then from there, we'll have them inhale, a deep inhale in, and have them arch their lower back and arch their rib cage up into a quote unquote bad position. And then from there, we have them slowly really exhale as far out as they can, as long as they can. It should take somewhere around four to five seconds to fully exhale. And while doing so, you want to push your lower back, your rib cage down using their hands as feedback. And by using your breath, you're able to use your diaphragm and just get things in a better position right from the start. And then from there, you can uh, progress on into a dead bug or marching sort of variation. And ideally, their heads won't be lifting up just to achieve a neutral position. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So so try that out. Try to get their feet in a little bit closer and get their ribcage down from the start without having to encourage a compensatory pattern of lifting their heads up to get there. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. And question number three. This one is from Mikey Rags. And he said, yo, <laughs> been dealing with some sciatica for a bit, but been, uh, but been managing it pretty well with some stretching and exercises. But hip flexion seems to be one thing that bothers me the most, especially when standing. As soon as I lift my foot a couple inches, I can feel it in my butt. I was hoping you might have some insight on why this may be and any recommendations. And I've been doing clamshells, band walks, and piriformis stretches, and they definitely help, but that hip flexion is still bothersome. Okay. So first off, um, definitely, it seems like he's uh, been working with some sort of medical professional. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say to um, work with, continue to work with them, or if they've discharged you, to maybe actually see another physical therapist or chiropractor or whoever might be... um, nearby to help you out because um if if lifting your leg alone starts to create recreate these symptoms then it's it's not going to get any better without more remedial help right um it's just uh we're going to give you some recommendations um now but uh you're going to want someone to keep an eye on this whole process because you know we haven't we haven't checked out how you move and stuff like that. So it's, we're going to be um, giving some general recommendations, but definitely seeing someone in person is going to help quite a bit. Right. Um, so in terms of sciatica, what's happening here is that there's something going on with your spine, whether it's a bulging disc or a disc herniation or maybe some sort of like bony overgrowth that's happening in one of your vertebrae and it's pressing up against your sciatic nerve. And this is um, this is pretty common. This happens to a lot of people. So I I think disc bulges and disc herniations are like, oh my God, like, like I, what am I going to do? Like I can't live the rest of my life. But I think some crazy statistics, there's like 60% of us actually have disc herniations at one level. It's just, it's, but we just don't feel it. We're just asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. And I think 30% have it at two or more levels. It's like some crazy high statistic that we actually all have bulges and discarnations. Um, but we're able to work around it be, um, based on um, just the way we move. And so what happens, why sciatic pain happens is the discarnation or the bony overgrowth just presses right on top of the sciatic nerve. And it seems like he's pretty good when he's neutral or extended, but it's when he raises his leg up going into hip flexion where he actually feels it. So something about that mechanism seems to press up against the sciatic nerve. So what I'm kind of thinking is that instead of actually flexing his hip, his lower back is flexing as he's going through that hip flexion pattern. And so um, if you were to think about this uh, functionally, so if you were to stand up 
And instead of lifting your knee up towards your chest and your hip doing all that work, your spine is kind of tucking under and kind of faking hip flexion, but actually getting lumbar flexion. And when that's the case, um, it's probably just irritating that sciatic nerve a little bit. And so if we were working with you, more than likely would probably put you in a position of laying on your back or side-lying um, or seated and going through um, more gentle ranges of hip flexion. Um, so that might be on your back, getting into more of a neutral core posture like we talked about before, the question before, and then just slowly just bringing your knee up towards your chest and ideally doing so without your lower back rounding at all or doing that from a seated position. So you're seated down, sit up tall, get your spine in more of a neutral position, and then slowly raise your knee and foot off the floor and see if that influences your lower back to round over or not. And while these seem um, not that difficult, more than likely there's some sort of compensation pattern happening um, that is triggered that sort of sciatic pain in the first place, right? Yeah, you can even, while you're laying on your back, you can slide your fingers underneath your lower back so that you're maintaining a little bit of space between your lower back and the floor. So a lot of times when we're training the core, like what we were just talking about in the previous question, we actually tell people to try to flatten their lower back. That's because most people tend to be in an extreme anterior pelvic tilt, meaning they have too much of an arch. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this case, he may be in actually too much flexion. Yeah, that's a good point. So you can slide your hands underneath your lower back as you, so you start on your back with your knees bent, feet flat on the floor. And then as you pull your knee in toward your chest, try to make sure that you're not pressing down into your hands, that you're maintaining that slight arch in your lower back. And that can actually keep you a little bit more neutral and make sure your lower back isn't contributing to that flexion. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, so neutral is kind of like a like a, a little bit of a catch-all term because everyone's neutral is actually totally different. Some mm-hmm. person's neutral might be back totally against the floor and other another person's neutral might be slightly extended and someone else might be even more extended. And so the key part is to find whatever your neutral is and then try not to deviate from that as you're going through the hip flexion pattern. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, definitely see a physical therapist just to uh, keep an eye on all this because we're um, we're shooting from the hip a little bit here because we haven't seen you actually move. But this is uh, I feel like that's a pretty safe recommendation to go with. Yeah. Cool. All right. Those are all our questions for today. That about wraps it up. You're you're the end. I forgot I'm the closing. Now I have to come up with my own special closing. Now I feel like I'm just copying you. Just, yeah, say that that about wraps it up with your burning questions. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. I'll come up with something unique for the next one. <laughs> cool. So we will see you all on Wednesday. Uh, if you have any more questions, please DM us on Instagram at Achieve Fitness Boston. If you could leave us an iTunes review, that would be greatly appreciated. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.